Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Male Pagan Podcast. My name is Scott. I'm Alex. And today we're going to be talking about ritual tools and uh, also the infamous insert clever name here. <laughs> and also I wanted to let y'all know that we do have the Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter up and running for Modern Male Pagan Podcast. So we will have the uh, links to those in our description. So make sure to check those out for updates and any events going on. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. All right, so Scott, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about ritual tools? All right, uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, ritual tools. I'm going to cover the basic, most commonly used ritual tools used in the occult. If I don't cover something that any of the listeners or you yourself, Alex, uh, want me to cover, just let me know through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, uh, voice message on Anchor, or email, and I'll make uh, I'll make sure to make it happen for you. Uh, each tradition within the occult is going to have different suggested tools to be used and different representations for uh, what they correspond with. I'm going to cover uh, the most common explanations within the different traditions. Most importantly, I want to remind everyone that all of these things are just tools. Uh, they're used to assist in manifesting your intentions. The real magic is within each and every one of us, but it is up to us to find out how to unlock and use it in the right way. Uh, so the first tool that we're going to talk about is the ritual dagger. Uh, it's also referred to as an athame. Uh, it is a ceremonial blade. Uh, to use your hand as a substitution, uh, you can use uh, most occultists and pagans alike uh, will use something similar as a simple pointing with the index finger extended, similar to the hand gesture seen on the magician tarot card or using uh, the middle pointer and thumb fingers extended and uh, the ring and pinky finger is curled into the palm. Uh, And you can reference the Baphomet statue or a lot of pictures of Jesus can be seen uh, with him making this occult hand gesture as well. Uh, We should actually post a picture of this on the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page so everyone can see what it is that I'm talking about. Yeah, I can get that posted onto our platforms and that way y'all can have an idea. Yeah, awesome. Uh, it is, it, it, the ritual dagger is a main ritual implement or tool. Uh, it has a black handle in most pagan traditions and also represents the element of fire. However, uh, some occultists such as Thelemites or the Golden Dawn will have a separate dagger that represents the element of air and it will have a decorative handle depending on the tradition being followed. Uh, it, uh, it, it is sometimes su- uh, substituted with a ritual sword which shares the same attributes uh, and uh, uses as the ritual dagger. This is most commonly seen being used in high magic ceremonies. I will uh, be covering high magic and low magic as a topic in in further detail on another episode, so I'm not going to get into that too much here. Uh, It is commonly used as a tool for doing banishing and invoking rituals or to act uh, as an extension of the hand to direct the energy of intent. But it is never, and I repeat, never to be used to do any physical cutting of any kind whatsoever. And that's because it's just a sacred object. Exactly. Exactly right. According to Raymond Buckland's complete book of witchcraft, also referred to by most pagans as Big Blue, uh, due to the size of the book, the amount of information contained within, and the uh, cover being blue, of course, uh, the athame is a handmade tool from the blade to the handle grip. 
the carvings and etchings on the handle and the blade uh, have different symbols that are carved into it uh, and etchings even within the blade just has different witchy symbols carved into it as a side note uh, if you're looking for a good workbook to help get a basic understanding and guide you in a direction toward an occult path if you're looking for a more traditional style such as wicca as well as a few others that are similar yet uh, different in their own right the Raymond Buckland's Big Blue would be my suggestion. However, if you're looking for a more ceremonial uh, occult aspect, such as like the Golden Dawn or Argentium Astrum, uh, which is Latin for Silver Star, uh, most commonly referred to as the AA, uh, I would suggest uh, Modern Magic, 12 Lessons in the High Magical Arts by Donald Michael Craig. Both books cover ritual tools in depth and are really good books, and I would uh, suggest both, but it depends on which uh, direction you're wanting to go in yeah. your path on which one you'll more feel comfortable with. Um, if you're looking for a more chaos or chaos magic style of workbook, I would uh, suggest Lieber Null and Psychonaut by Peter J. Carroll. And if you're wanting to develop your psychic abilities, I would highly suggest Psychic Witch by Matt Arne. Not only does it have a lot of practice exercises in the book, but he also explains everything in a way to where you don't feel like you're getting lost in translation. So it's very easy to understand. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely check sure. it out. Uh, by the way, I would like to give a shout out to Matt Arn for the uh, 2020 Witchies Awards for Outstanding Author of the Year, Outstanding New Author of the Year, and Outstanding Book of the Year. Uh, the Witchies were sponsored by Wiser Books and Llewellyn Books. Congratulations to Matt on uh, winning that for Psychic Witch. Uh, congratulations. Uh, to continue on to the next uh, ritual tool, we're going to talk about the wand. Uh, it is uh, used similar, similarly to the dagger, and uh, the hand can be used as a substitution as well. Uh, <clears throat> most uh, pagan traditions will associate the wand as an air element. However, some ceremonial occultists refer to this tool as a fire element. Uh, a lot of different pagan traditions will substitute the wand for the athame altogether, uh, sort of as an either-or decision. Gotcha. Uh, ceremonial occultists will have each of the tools displayed on the altar and will use each tool in concert with the others in order to perform their ceremonial ritual. So kind of use them all as one? Is that what you're saying? Like, not all as one, but like in such a way to work together? Yes. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. That like uh, they would... They, they use the athame to... Or the ritual dagger to uh, do the banishing pic uh, pentagrams, mm -hmm. and then they'll use the uh, the uh, cup to do the banishing ritual, gotcha. and then they'll do the uh, pinnacle to do the banishing. Okay. And okay. they'll use each one of the items, and that's just an example. I'm not saying that's an ex exact yeah, yeah, yeah. description of what they do. I'm just saying that's an example gotcha. of something that they would do. That makes sense. Wands can come in different varieties and can be purchased on places uh, like Etsy. Always shop local and shop uh, small businesses if possible first. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, or wands can also be handmade. Uh, some Etsy shops will have blank wands made from different types of wood to give you a great base to start with. 
if you're wanting to create uh, one special to your path or journey, uh, and you can uh, use like a wood burning tool to carve symbols, glyphs, runes, or sigils into the wand itself. That's interesting. Uh, crystals have also been known to be used as wands, and some of them actually come in uh, a wand-like shape oh, or, right. or like an abelisk-type yeah. shape. Uh, and oh. people use those as a wand, yeah. just the crystal itself. Uh, crystals have also uh, been known to be used like on the wood wands. Some pagans like to use the wood wand and then decorate it with crystals associated with their path or journey as well. Um, so like what sort of crystals would be for like what path like like I mean like what sort of well each each crystal is going to have a different mean a a different uh, energy to it oh it's all just based on on the energy of the okay uh, the the stone or crystal I wasn't sure if there was like a certain like for me personally I'm I'm really connected to obsidian and it's a protection stone yeah. I, I carry a small little obelisk uh, 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 obsidian st- uh, oh, stone right. in my pocket all the time, everywhere yeah. I go, and it's just a protection. Gotcha. And I, of course, you have to recharge it. You can put it out in, uh, in the full moon, mm-hmm. and that will recharge it. Or uh, there's some rituals that you can do to charge uh, energy into items and stuff as well. So interesting. Uh, some ceremonial occultists have a specific design that is required in making of their wands depending on the order or tradition that's being followed Uh, and it'll have uh, specific decorations and specific colors and specific shapes it's very specific on how the wand is supposed to be handmade uh, depending on the tradition Um, a pinnacle which is going to be the next tool that we're going to be discussing uh, the pinnacle is a round disc that is used to represent the element of earth. Most pagans simply use the traditional pentagram in the middle of a circle, uh, which that is actually a pinnacle. M- oh. Most people think the pentagram is the star. Yeah, with a circle. With a circle, and that's actually a pentacle. The pentagram oh, is the star. Just the star. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, most pagans will just simply use that traditional pentagram uh, in the middle of the circle and some will uh, use another occult symbol such as the triple moon goddess uh, Hecate's wheel by the way I say Hecate some people say Hecate there's a lot of different ways of saying it that <laughs> my way is Hecate uh, or perhaps uh, a sigil uh, that can be created uh, to help your spells and rituals manifest results. You can put that as use that like on a piece of uh, round disc wood as your uh, pinnacle as well. Yeah. Um, some occultists that uh, perform rituals from the Goetia will use the uh, sigil related to the invoking demon as the pinnacle itself. Uh, some pagans, in lieu of using a pinnacle, will create a pentagram using sticks or other crafted items to represent the pinnacle. Uh, actually, the uh, pinnacle that uh, my wife has on her uh, on her altar that uh, when she, when we do rituals together, we always use her altar. But she has one of those stick pentagrams okay. on on hers as well. Ceremonial cultists will use either a pentagram or a hexagram on the pinnacle that is created 
with a specific required details, including size, colors, and shape. Uh, the hexagram is basically what uh, Jewish people refer to as the Star of the David. Star of David yeah. it, it's just basically two triangles that are connected, one facing up, one facing down, mm-hmm. which represents as above, so below, as within, so without. So, so the next ritual tool that we're going to be discussing, <clears throat> excuse me, is the uh, the cup or chalice. Uh, the cup or chalice is a representation of the element of water. This can be as elaborate and decorative as a silver chalice with a pentagram etched into it uh, to a simple shot glass. I mean, it, it, the, the choice is completely up to the individual. Yeah. I, I've used a shot glass in, in lieu of the chalice yeah. and uh, or uh, whatever you want to call it. Some ceremonial cultists also have a specific requirement as far as the cup is concerned. This includes the design, the style, and the color. Uh, for most pagans and occultists, the cup or chalice will contain some sort of elixir that will sometimes be completely consumed, and sometimes only some will be consumed, and the rest is poured out onto the ground as a libation in offering to a deity. Uh, the elixir can be anything of your choosing, from wine, beer, water, juice, or simply air, just simulating a consumption of a liquid. Of course, this usually happens if you forget the elixir, to add the elixir at the start of a ritual. Been there, <laughs> done that. Uh, the uh, next tool that we'll be discussing is the altar. The altar is simply the place in which your ritual items rest during the ritual. Uh, some traditions have specific requirements for what can be considered an altar, but most pagans use whatever is most readily available. Uh, I have seen a dresser drawer... Uh, that was a dedicated altar, uh, a shelf as a dedicated altar, a coffee table uh, with altar supplies stored within. Uh, I've seen a side table that uh, they had the item just kind of like on the second shelf. Gotcha. And then they would pull it out and decorate yeah. the side table. Uh, uh, I've seen a, uh, uh, a tree stump has been used oh, wow. as a, yeah, uh, a, a dedicated room of the house as a permanent ritual space with the altar in the center of a room, which I wish I could have. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, 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 a small black box that holds all your ritual items inside, a uh, very elaborate decorated permanent altar in the corner of a room, and even a large walk-in closet with the back part of the closet being uh, completely set up and functional as a dedicated ritual space. By the way, the last three are me. And yes, <laughs> I have three altars in my house. Uh, the one in my uh, in the closet is my personal ritual space. Uh, and the altar in the corner of my wife and I's bedroom is uh, the one either she uses for personal use or we'll use uh, hers to do rituals together. Uh, and then the the black box, uh, I use it if I'm doing rituals outside. Yeah. And it just makes it because I can carry all the ritual tools inside the black box yeah. out to wherever it is that I'm doing. And then easy. I can pull all the ritual tools out, set yeah. up the altar, do whatever my work is, mm-hmm. put all the things back in the black box. Gotcha. Nice and all simple and easy. Exactly. Uh, the next tool is incense Uh, it is used to enhance the atmosphere with a scent that is associated with your intentions Uh, herbs can be crushed and used as an incense by burning on charcoal in a burner 
this is also good if you are going to be uh, burning a spell or sigil because you can put the herbs at the bottom of the burner and when you burn the uh, spell or sigil you can place it on uh, the herbs inside of the burner mm-hmm. and then it just kind of creates that herbal scent rather yeah. than a burning paper scent gotcha. um, uh, stick incense has uh, been known to be used to replace uh, the use of the athame or wand when doing the invoking or banishing rituals mm-hmm. and instead of pointing with the you can use the incense as well gotcha. as a replacement okay. um, cone incense usually doesn't burn as long as other incense so this is typically used uh, for a quick ritual or spell casting yeah. you know because it won't last no more than 15-20 minutes mm-hmm. so uh Candles are going to be the next uh, uh, tool that we're going to dis- discuss. Uh, candles have multiple uses within a ritual. If working a spell, you can use a small spell candle, sometimes referred to as a chime candle. Uh, the candle will depend upon the correspondence that it will be associated with. Uh, the spell candle uh, only burns for about 45 minutes to an hour, and that is why they are typically used uh since most spells require the candle to burn completely out. Uh, I've also seen like birthday candles that go on birthday cakes being used as a spell candle. I mean, why not? I mean, make a wish on your birthday. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) why not? So you can use a a birthday candle as a spell candle as well and that won't burn more than 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. But not only birthday candles, but you can also use uh, tea lights as well. You can uh, just carve your sigil on the top of the tea light, and then it, it will have the same intention as carving your sigil on the side of a pillar candle or whatever. Um, different traditions will have different requirements for additional candles uh, that are placed on the altar, and most of the time, this will be accompanied by as needed for lighting in quotations there. Uh, when performing magic, most pagans and occultists prefer working in a dark setting. Usually the darker the better with just the spell candle flame to illuminate the ritual space. In my opinion, I think this is so that uh, your focus is less, has less opportunity to drift away from your, the intent of the ritual by outside disturbances. Uh, however, I do know that there are just as many pagans and occultists that prefer to do everything in the light of the sun. And uh, some, they strictly follow the astrological time and day to correspond with their work, no matter day or night. So all in all, it just boils down to personal preference. If you're going to be working in a dark area, but have notes that you're following or a spell that has to be read aloud, so you need a few extra candles so you can see the writing on the parchment, go for it. But just remember, the more correspondences that you have within your ritual area, the more uh, you have to spark your subconscious mind into activation of working on the manifestation of your intent. If blue is a color of correspondence, then use blue candles. Uh, Color a spot on the parchment blue. Uh, Have the writing in blue. Or whatever you may be able to think of to associate the color blue into the ritual. Uh, The purpose of this is to get your mind to associate the color with what you desire so that every time you see that color, your subconscious mind is alerted that it needs to be working on something in order to manifest a result. And your intention uh, 
without you using your subconscious mind thinking about it because your conscious mind and your subconscious mind are not able to focus on the same thing at the same time. So if you're constantly thinking about your magical intention consciously, your subconscious mind is not going to be able to work on it at all. Uh, it just creates a clash pretty much of just... Well, your conscious mind, yeah. it, it takes priority. Your yeah. subconscious mind can't work when you're... Mm. Yeah. Uh, think of it sort of like when someone asks you the name of an actor that was also a musician, that was in a movie with puppets... And as soon as they ask, you can't think of the answer. However, an hour later, once absolutely nobody cares anymore, you all of a sudden holler, David Bowie. <laughs> he was the musician that was in the movie Labyrinth. And everybody's already like, okay, way to go. You wasted all that time sitting there thinking about that. You, but yeah. you really didn't. It's just your subconscious mind was still thinking about it. When you, when you were uh, trying really hard to think of the answer, it just wouldn't come. But when you said... Oh, well, I guess I just can't remember. Really, you are activating your subconscious mind to take over and find the answer for you, giving you the opportunity to look like a jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the correspondences that you see, I'm sorry, that you use within your ritual is uh, what keeps your conscious from thinking about it and alerts your subconscious to focus on it. So I think that pretty much covers most of the basic common ritual tools. Again, if I didn't cover something that somebody might want me to go over, just let me know and I will work on making that happen. All right, everybody. Now it's time for the segment that we like to refer to as Insert Clever Name Here. So, Alex, what you got to talk about this week? So... I remember this one video the other day that uh, you had showed to me whenever we you first kind of introduced me to the occult and all that. Um, mm-hmm. It was a video, it was uh, Grant Morrison and his lecture on chaos magic oh, and yeah, sigils. A, yeah, that's a great video. Yeah. That's such a great video. Um, I, I really wanted to put it out there though because I, want, I would really recommend y'all to listen to it because it, it's it's a really interesting video and you'll you'll learn a lot from it. Um, again, it's Grant Moore. If you just look up Grant Morrison, Chaos Magic, um, it should pop up. It's about a like fifty minute video or something like that. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's, it's really interesting. About an hour long. Yeah, yeah. He does a, a brief explanation on how sigils are done in the video. And he kind of briefly goes into his experience of while he was tripping acid, uh, came in contact with aliens, uh, which was really, really interesting. Uh, uh, And then he he also talks a little bit how he puts his uh, magic and his sigils inside of his comics and Mm -hmm. stuff. It's, It's a really interesting lecture and I would highly recommend giving it a listen to anybody. Which I also really am interested in those uh, comics. I actually do want to read them. Um, oh yeah, the the Invisibles. Mm-hmm. Yes, that very very yeah. very excellent. Uh, which he does more than just the. He he's actually done uh, Batman, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of DC. He's done a, a lot of comic book writing. Yeah, I didn't actually know that. That's, that's yeah interesting. <laughs> yeah, he he's done a lot of writing for a lot of DC comics, gotcha. as well as his own independent comics. Yeah, gotcha. Um, another thing for this segment I wanted to talk about Halloween so how is that celebrated and or or not necessarily what is that what is the tradition yeah of what is the tradition that's, yeah that's what I'm well it's say. actually uh, it, uh, it, it's a Celtic 
uh, tradition gotcha. that it started way back then. There's a, a lot of different versions, really, honestly, of, of Samhain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's celebrated on the same day as Halloween. Uh, and so a lot of people will confuse that Halloween is, or I'm sorry, Samhain is actually Halloween, and it is not. Yeah. It, they're not the same thing at all. Uh, Samhain is actually more of a, a, it's an ending of the harvest season. Okay. So it's actually, it starts uh, on the 31st at when the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. It's also the longest uh, night yeah. of the year. Okay. And so they they stay up all through the night and they they celebrate their their harvest season. Uh, in some traditions, it's been said that they would uh, they would actually uh, light a log inside of the home and the, the hearth or the fireplace, and then they would go out and harvest and they'd leave the fire going. Okay. And while they were out harvesting, and then when they came back, they would you know the embers would still be there, and then they would relight the fire. Uh, but the, it, basically, Samhain is, uh, uh, it's when the veil is the thinnest between, uh, the, uh, the spiritual world or the astral world or whatever yeah. you want to go. It's that, it's the, when the veil is the thinnest to where we can communicate with the dead more easy okay. and the dead can communicate with us. So if you have loved ones or if you want to do ancestry type, uh, yeah. ritual work, that's the best time to do it. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> but there's, there's a, like a, the actual, uh, reason why the Halloween <clears throat> does the trick or treat candy and all that and stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, because in, in Ireland, uh, they would go door to door begging for food and if they did not oh, get yeah, food I mean, then they would do some kind of damage yeah. to the, the property and yeah. so it was either trick or treat mm-hmm. you know and so that that's kind of where that they started okay well we'll keep a small supply of treats yeah. and then when they come begging we can give them something so that they don't <laughs> so do they the don't damage fuck up our house yeah. <laughs> so that that's pretty much where the whole trick or treat thing yeah. came from Halloween so what was that uh, witchies that you were talking about earlier? Um, the 2020. Oh, the uh, 2020 uh, witchies award. Yeah. Uh, it's it's actually the first ever that that they had, uh, and it, they oh, they shit. held it on uh, the November sixth, I believe, was when the witchies were. Damn. Yeah. So it was this. it was pretty recent. Uh, actually, I think uh, at Mr. Devin Hunter on Twitter, I think he has a link to it on his. Because uh, they, they they did the whole thing on the uh, on the internet. Okay. Yeah, it was all uh, like a live. And and is it like you had to buy tickets what? and everything for it? Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's big deal. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty major <laughs> yeah. major event. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what exactly is it? it? It's like so like is it kind of like the Grammys, I guess, or like the yeah, sort of. They they give awards to. Uh, uh, like podcasts that are uh, occult or witch related, uh, they give awards to uh, uh, authors, uh, um, uh, poets, gotcha. uh, just you know, different people, people that have in the community. That, yeah, yeah. In, in the occult community that have created some kind of content that gotcha. had, you know was worthwhile to the community. That's interesting. And they actually had uh, everybody got to vote. They had a, a web a page that they, everybody went to and voted 
for, for the, uh, who, who, who that get they, the award, yeah, awards. yeah, who gotcha. were from the nominees, yeah, and there, I, I believe there was, I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't remember how many votes I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna try and lie, but I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember how many, and I would just like to also give uh, Mr. Devin Hunter a, a, a credit for the work that he did to help organize this, him and and everybody that helped get this organized. And for uh, Llewellyn Books and Wiser Books for sponsoring uh, the event, uh, I really do appreciate all the work that was done to get this put together. Athame? Yeah. That's how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, yeah, Athame is really neat. Thank you. Yeah, it's a wrought iron made with from wrought iron. It's really cool. And they just sharpened it to a, a really sharp point. <laughs> it's actually a, a, called a bowl line. Okay. Oh, is that like A lot of times, bowlines are used like to cut herbs. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, you don't pull them from the roots; you cut them. Yeah. And so that's usually you yeah. use that sharp blade to cut them so that they. Gotcha. Can... Now I have a little uh, homework for Alex. I call it Alex's occult homework. Uh, and it, everybody listening can also do this. Uh, it, it's actually a really good exercise. Uh, I call it the beginner three-minute mindfulness. Uh, this is where you have no phone, no distraction, just a clear, relaxed, quiet three minutes. Gotcha. Uh, giving yourself six minutes of personal reflection time should not be a big deal, and you deserve it for yourself uh, if you want to grow both inside and out. So sitting quietly for three minutes every day right after you wake up and right before you lay down to go to sleep with uh, your eyes opened or closed uh, is your choice. But if keeping them open, focus on the details of everything within your environment, but stay completely still and don't turn your head. Just observe what can be seen, heard, smelled. If there's a taste in your mouth, recognize it. If you get a feeling or a sensation, make a mental note of it. Uh, if, if you're closing your eyes, just focus on the d- darkness behind your eyelids and just let your other senses become even more sensitive. Make uh, an extra effort to listen for all the sounds in your environment and make a mental note of everything that you hear from a car driving by, ringing in your ear, a ceiling fan, a fly in the room, a dog fart, or whatever you might hear. Um, after each experience, I want you to start a journal if you don't have one going yet uh, and document everything you can about your experience if you don't notice anything that's okay just write down nothing really to report at this time but always document your experiences because this helps you track your journey through the occult and it helps you know where you can ask for improvement or uh, if you're having difficulty in a certain area uh, it, it would help you know where you where, yeah. where your journey's going and how you can get it on the right path. Uh, next week, we can get a report of how this helps you mentally, physically, and emotionally, and or spiritually, if, if so. Yeah, and uh, so this uh, 
homework, I want you to just kind of work on that for this week. And then in the future, I'll have more things like this that you can try and see if it yeah. helps. And if it not, maybe you can find a way that to adjust it. And then you can tell me, in a way that hey, this is this is what I was able to do to adjust it to work for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, the listeners will be able to go, hey, I can try that and see if it works or yeah. realize, oh, cool. Yeah, of course. I, I'm definitely excited to see what, uh, 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 not tasks really, but like D- different suggestions and, and, to grow. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what what you'll have me try out next. And Well, I, I'm wanting to, you know, start off with something that's pretty simple and basic and yeah. something like this is actually really good. It's going to be, it, it helps get your attunement to to your whole environment. Yeah. And uh, eventually, we'll get to a spot to where you know you you won't have to do the all these little mundane things. You'll be able to just get right into it and go into the work. Yeah, and I know damn well that I could take a you know moment every morning and night just to kind of have to myself and just self reflection and all that. Yeah, and I, as a suggestion, I would say uh, don't cross your legs or sit. Indian style or anything. Mm-hmm. What I would actually suggest is that that three minute reflection yeah. means that it's right after you wake up and right before you go to sleep. Make it be in bed with your legs straight out. Yeah. And your hands just on your thighs. And then gotcha. just spend that three minutes. And I also would recommend if you have like one of the analog clocks that has a ticking hand, mm-hmm. having one of those in the room is really helpful because you'll hear that sound and yeah. it kind of helps you mentally keep track of your you know how long you've been doing it because you, you're only doing it for three minutes yeah alright so I guess that about wraps it up for this episode uh, again I messed up and didn't get topics ready for next time <laughs> uh, but I, I will get better I will get better this is it's still new to us so yeah. we're, it's still, still a work working. in process getting in the flow of things and figuring out how to it will get better i promise (laughs) yeah uh and once again uh we want to mention uh don't forget to go on facebook give us a like uh twitter instagram uh there's also voice messages on anchor it's anchor.fm you can go there and you can actually leave us a voice message and uh we can actually use that as a clip in the show if, if we wanted yeah, to you know. we'd love to hear your questions or your suggestions or anything like that right and uh, uh, you can send us an email as well that's modernmailpagan at yahoo.com mm-hmm. uh, twitter is at modernmailpagan the instagram the instagram and the uh, facebook we'll go ahead and just leave links we'll leave links well, to yeah, all we'll of them just leave the links to everything yeah, yeah that'd be the easiest of all the, <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> easiest that way yeah so, yeah, we'll have all the links in the description that way y'all can follow us and hit us up on any of those, and we'll definitely be responding. Yeah, and definitely don't forget to like the show and uh, give us a follow so that you know when a new episode is posted on your favorite podcast platform. And we'll see y'all next time in episode three. All right, we'll see you next time.